This is Andaki Chisme, two sisters, one podcast. We're coming together to archive the stories of undocumented people while decolonizing Chisme. I'm your host, Andaki Chingona, and I am your host, Andaki Therapist. And this is Andaki Chisme. Hello, hello, Andaki Chismosis, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of Andaki Chisme. This is episode seven, lucky number seven for some folks. Um, we are super excited for our guest today. Um, you know, it's someone who we have both, um, both Myra and myself met through um, Instagram, which I think it's a really amazing platform for us to connect with people, um, you know, just, I guess, create, not only create, but become um, a, a part of the activist world. Um, a lot of times people don't consider like social media uh, platform to advocate, but, you know, throughout the years, we have seen the power that social media has. Well, the, our communities have when using social media, I should rephrase that. Instagram is better than LinkedIn. That's all I gotta say. I know that LinkedIn is like the Facebook of professionals, but really um, all I see there is a bunch of people that are um, pretentious and that just um, speaking about their accomplishments, but not in a way that it's like, oh, I'm so proud of my accomplishments and here is what I've accomplished. It's more like, hey, this is what I've accomplished and this is what you have not. Or look at all of this and my views are the only ones that, or my views are better than yours. That's at least what I have seen on LinkedIn. And that's the reason why I don't use it very much. I've noticed that in Instagram, um, there's a different type of connection with people. Um, I think it's just different. It's more liberating a little more freeing, a little more personal, a little more just spaces where we're able to be professional, but on our own way. We don't have to be white professionals or uh, up to the up to par to those white professionals where we have to have a professional by a certain way, where we have to um, advertise ourselves a certain way. So I think this is a, one of the reasons why I was so attracted to undocumented professionals. Um, and I guess uh, I already, I guess I already said <laughs> who we're going to interview. Um, but yeah, I think that's what attracted me so much about undocumented professionals platform on Instagram, because it was just so different than what we used to see in the professional world. And I think you just started a hot topic, Myra, for our <laughs> listeners. Um, if you have anything to share, uh, feel free to use the, the forms on our bio. Again, um, you can go on there and it's our link tree and it should guide you to our white table talks, right? But I, I think it's really interesting that you bring, it up, bring that up because I don't have a LinkedIn myself. I've never had an interest in having a LinkedIn, even though people do tell me or they send me invites to like my work email. And I'm like, please don't. <laughs> like, I'm not going to join. Like, if I didn't like Twitter, <laughs> like, I'm not going to join LinkedIn. Um, I mean, I had to join Twitter because I took a class actually about 
um, that talked about social media, right? It was like a media communication course. I forget the exact title, digital media communication, something like that. Um, but I actually, you know, have done a little bit of research on how social media, especially Instagram, has created social movements um, and has connected people who have the same beliefs or the same values, right? But I know that recently um, Instagram has changed like different their algorithms and um, makes it a little bit more challenging, you can say, to connect with people um, who kind of have the same uh, beliefs as you, but somehow our community continues to like find each other, uh, which I find just amazing. Personally, uh, like you said, you know, Instagram allows you to build that community. And it's something that I've always appreciated from Instagram. Uh, I mean, when Androids were able to get Instagram, because before it was just for iPhone users. Um, but I'm kind of how dating myself here. <laughs> but yes, we're really excited to bring you Sharet Garcia. She, her, ella, was born and raised in Oaxaca, Mexico. She's a mother, doctoral student, career coach, and higher educational counselor, and founder of Undocu Professionals. And with that, let's get started. Hello, Sharet. Thank you so much for being here today. Um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, maybe your age, home country, how old were you when you arrived, and maybe if you, you know, still have or have an undocumented status? Yes, well, thank you so much, Maria and Myra, for inviting me. I'm humbled to, to be invited to share space with both of you. Uh, I really like the work that you're doing, so thank you so much for the invite. A little bit about me, um, I just, you know, when Maida was mentioning, you know, this should be like a fun, like a space to talk about pretty much anything that we feel comfortable sharing about. You know, that's something that I still, to be honest, struggle talking about in regards to like, like how I came to this country. Um, it's still kind of, I, I can tell you, like, there's a lot of things that I don't remember about. Um, my childhood, but I can tell you that crossing the border uh, with my with my mom, she she actually is a single mom when she came to this country, um, was actually something that I will never forget, um, and it's still hard to talk about it. But it was um it was a long time ago. I mean, I came here when I was like what eight years old. We tried multiple times to cross the border, mm -hmm. um, and you know with it. I never, um, when people, when we always talk about the actual border, the wall, you know, I did see the wall. We went under the wall. So I was only like eight years old. So it was very easy for me to um, be able to, to cross the wall and go under it with um, others that were helping me. So I still recall everything, um, but we did try multiple times. And uh, what I do recall is that I felt very, like my mom did a very good job in making me feel safe and that what we were doing was the best thing for our family. So I had never felt shamed or felt like I was doing something wrong for crossing the border. Um, I was actually just, you know, being a child following my mom that I believe and I still believe now as an adult that she was just doing the best thing for our family. Um, so 
for me, you know, I was just, I felt very reassured by my mom that we were safe and that she knew what she was doing. So I really love that about my mom that she was, she's always been como una guerrera and always being a leader. She was like one of the first women to come to the United States and in my hometown. I mean, um, so it was nice to see that she took this huge step to come to another country that she didn't know. And, um, you know, bringing me with her after uh, was something that, um, that I still remember as of today. Like I can vividly recall that memory. Yeah, thank you for sharing that, Sharet. I know that, and this is something that we don't typically talk about. We don't even, um, we don't usually talk about our journeys. Um, especially when we become professionals, uh, we talked about what this, what school we went to, what our, our specialties are, what our ex professional experiences are or is, um, but we rarely ever get the space to really talk about those things that a lot of us experience, but don't say it out loud. So I I appreciate you for that. I appreciate you for putting it out there and for highlighting that that part of you and your family stories. Um, yes, are you an only child? No, I'm the only one that is undocumented. My, I do have, um, I'm the oldest and I do have other three siblings. So what happened is that my mom didn't tell me, of course, because I was eight year old, years old when I came, to this country that she already had like a boyfriend here. She was already like having a serious relationship with her new boyfriend. So when I came to this country, like I was introduced to him and just like a few years after we had come to the United States, she did get married to who is my stepdad now. And I do have three other siblings uh, from my stepdad. So um, I have a sister and two brothers. How is it like to have that mixed status family? Um, I, I, I'm going to say it out loud. I'm going to put it for myself. I, I am undocumented. I don't have DACA. Um, but it's we, I still have a mixed status family. As my siblings got DACA in 2012, um, and I wasn't able to do that. I know there was some... I'm going to admit it. I think there was a little bit of jealousy at, at some point in my life um, where I was like, oh, fuck, like, oh, this is not cool. Um, and I know that in a lot of uh, families, um, there's some feelings of um, there's some conflict, I guess, sometimes. Um, has there any ever be anything like that within your family or because you're the oldest? Uh, like like, like uh, Luisa from Encanto type of sibling where you're like <laughs> you're the strong one where you're the one that's setting an example for your siblings maybe that didn't yeah. happen by the way it was just brought up to me that uh, Luisa from Encanto is not the oldest that it's actually oh, right <laughs> right I'm like yes. I can't she's not the oldest that is no. true that is true <laughs> that's what I it feels about. like that <laughs> We've seen that movie like a hundred times and I didn't even catch up, but <laughs> that was um, interesting to find out that she wasn't, but, um, but I, I loved her character and yes, um, it has been very different for me being the only one that has been undocumented. I'm not gonna lie. I'm going to be very transparent. I have always felt like very 
like nobody really understood what I was going through. Like they, of course, supported me, like my brothers and my sister and even my mom and my stepdad. Now, actually today, as of today, I'm still the only undocumented person. Even my stepdad already became like a resident. Um, so he, you know, knowing that and I'm happy for them. But at the same time, like you said, it makes you feel um, very different and like, like they're trying to understand, but they don't really, you know what I mean? So that has been very hard. I'm not going to lie. It's been very hard to, to have that. And what's even more interesting is that, um, I guess for me, what has been difficult, I actually had not even talked about this is that I never really got a very good relationship with my stepdad. I have never like called him dad or even tried to call him dad because he never like really earned it. Like, I, I do recall like when I, the first year when I first met him and my mom told me that she was actually going to get engaged and be married to, to him. Of course, I was very happy for her and I was a child. I didn't know really what was going on. Um, but I think I got the fact that he was my stepfather right away because he did tell me um, that he was not my dad and that, you know, he was going to try to do his best to to kind of be that uncle that maybe I didn't have. And I do recall uh, one time, and I'm never gonna forget this. I'm trying to forget it, but I can't. There's stuff that just sticks with you, you know? And that's definitely one of the things that happened to me. I remember going to the market one day with my mom. At this time, it was just me. My mom was not pregnant yet or anything. Oh, no, actually, yeah, she was already, I, my, my sister was already a baby. She was like one year old and um, she was in the, we were in a market going and shopping, you know, going to the market. And then suddenly someone from my stepdad's um, family comes and sees us at the market at the same time. And he's like, hi, hi. And uh, what I ended up happening is that they were talking. I said, oh, are this your daughters? Which meant my little sister and I. And he said, only the only the little one. The other one is not like <laughs> I get coraje just by saying that. And I understand and I was, that it maybe wasn't I can't I cannot say how it was meant uh, to come out or to be, but like I can understand as a child, as a mom, like it's heartbreaking. I, I can imagine. Yeah. Oh, that kind of let me know, like, yeah, that's true. He's not my dad. He's not my dad. And I kind of like understood that immediately after he came into my to my life. Like it was something so immediate that was very like um, like like it was not like he tried to hide it. It's like he was very good about telling me that he wasn't my dad. So it kind of like that. That's what happened. You know, it kept going where I knew he was. I have never called him like my dad or nothing even close to that. I just, I always call them by his name or I just say, oh, he's my stepdad. You know, that's just been the way that it has been. But I think that affected the relationship, but I'm just so fortunate that something good would happen is that I was able to see that with me and him that I didn't want my brothers to go through that. So what I did is I made sure that they knew that they were my brothers, no matter what. I'm sorry, I'm just gonna get. Thank you. It's thank you. We're here for you and we're here with you. Um, we understand that some talking about certain things, um, it's difficult. And I'm glad that you, that <laughs> we're doing this because like yeah. yeah, 
I talked about this for, for a very long time because I tried, like, you know, I'm no longer in that, like, immediate family. Now I take care of my family and that's my priority. But, you know, it's good to talk about it uh, because it helps. It helps heal. It, you, you heal talking about it, just having these conversations. But, but yeah, I'm just so fortunate. I have a very good relationship with my brothers. Um, you know, I, I especially, like, my, my sister and my two brothers are the ones that, um, you know, that I pretty much feel like I raised them. You know, I was the babysitter. I was, you know, pretty much, you know, their second mom. And they always remind me of that. So I have a very good, like, relationship with them. So that's that's something good. <laughs> yeah, and I've heard that um, pain is cut in half when you share it with others. So I'm hoping that as we share these stories, um, that pain, which is not necessarily going to go away, at least is um, it doesn't hurt as much as we share it with other stories. Um, so yeah, or talking about that, um, we wanted to ask you about what are, what are your thoughts about chisme? What are, what do you what comes to your mind when you hear the word chisme? Whether it's like something good or bad or anything in between. Oh, yes. I, lo- I, I think chisme is healing. I think chisme is important. <laughs> I think it's it happens automatically. Um, I consider myself a chismosa. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm like, yeah, you're so chismosa. But not in that, like, you know, you have to know, um, like, I, I'm chismosa, but if somebody, obviously, I'm a counselor, I, you know, I do keep a lot of things confident for confidentiality reasons like that but when when uh someone in the family tells me like oh I don't want you to tell this to someone and of course you know you want to be respectful of that person's uh you know desires of or wants of you know not wanting to share anything but I I consider myself a chismosa because I love talking to people and I think you guys see that with undocu professionals <laughs> like I'm sharing all the time I'm like oh there's a job here good aplica you know like oh there's this research okay go and apply um i'm always like i think it's so important to to be a chismosa or to share chisme just because you're really chisme can can make a big difference in changing someone's in perspective or giving information that's what i think chisme is all about about just you know even talking about like i to be honest even at, at my job, you know, I had no idea that um, the first counseling job that I was trying to have, I started as an assistant counselor. And what happened, I was applying to, um, once I got my degree, I started to apply to counseling jobs, but I had no idea that there was a chisme going on in my workplace that you had to, in order for you to be hired at this particular college that I was at the chisme that was going on is that I had to basically talk to my director first before she could put the word out for you. Mm-hmm. But I didn't do that because I guess I didn't hear about that chisme on time. Or I just didn't mm-hmm. find out about it, whatever. So I just applied without asking her um, at that same campus. And I guess she found out about it, my director. And I remember calling, she called me in, my, in her office and she said, oh, did you apply for this position? And I said, yeah, I did apply. I did it. And she's like, oh, okay. Um, and then we had a meeting about it. It wasn't nothing like that or anything, but 
it gave me like a wrong impression of who I thought she was. And then now I'm like, oh, now I know who she really is. <laughs> but, um, you know, not to say anything bad, but um, hmm. I, I realized that I guess I, because I missed that chisme, I wasn't prepared uh, of what um, I needed to do, you know, and other people that they hear that chisme went did what, um, what they were supposed to do and they got hired for the position. So chisme helps people. Yes. It helps. <laughs> I really like how you mentioned that it's healing, but also, you know, with the story, I think it also goes into like the politics of higher education. Um, um, and then you also mentioned undocu professionals. Um, can you tell us a little bit about undocu professionals and maybe um, what I would like to know? It's you know when you first started um, undocu professionals, what was the goal of it, um, and did you expect it to grow so much? Yeah, thank you for that. No, first of all, if somebody would have told me, Sheree, you start this. Undocumented professionals network, and you're gonna do have these resources. I would have probably been laughing, be like, No, I'm not gonna do that. How in the world am I gonna do that? Like, there's no way, there's no way this uh, little person can do that. <laughs> but, um, but no, I'm, I'm, I'm very excited, I'm very humble, I'm grateful, I'm just very, um, I, I'm thankful that I'm able to, you know, continue moving forward with undocu professionals and be able to make it better. I agree that we have done so many great things, but it would not be possible without the community support. And I always emphasize that um, because it's so important to always be transparent. Um, one person cannot do it all. And if you really want to provide resources to a community, you have to be, allow yourself or others to help you, allow others to pass the mic to others, allow, you know, uh, feedback in ways of how you can improve it. Otherwise, um, you're going to be limited with, with your, with what you can do. And I think I'm trying to do that, you know, and I'm trying to learn. And yes, you know, I feel like I could do better in some areas and, I'm learning along the way and I'm trying to not be hard on myself with my mistakes that I make sometimes or things like that. But I'm so far, I'm very thankful that the community has supported and has needed this space and have felt that they maybe uh, are part of this uh, community because that's really want, what I want to be able to provide. But I wouldn't have that that we would be doing all everything that we're doing so far so thank you for everyone including both of you that have really supported the undocu professionals uh, network which is not my community it's the it's everyone and we're a collective and i'm very excited to continue seeing it grow because everything that we have done has been pretty much very organic um you know i'm i came with undocu professionals with zero money i had nothing if anything my account was negative when I started on talking professionals. Yes, we um, feel you on that. <laughs> we we get you and we we know that yes. So, yeah, when I started, I did. I'm not. I'm like I said. I'm gonna be very transparent. Mm -hmm. My mind was like, yes, I'm thinking of this as a business. Somehow, some way, I'm gonna make money with it. But I don't know how yet, and I don't know how that I'm gonna do that. I don't have a business plan. I didn't even know what a business plan was. So I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I just want a space for us because I needed that. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure maybe somebody out there may feel the same way. Mm -hmm. And and that's why I started on Professional. But I am, 
like I said, I was thinking in that business or entrepreneurship mindset that someday, hopefully it's going to give me some kind of uh, income, right? Or, or, or be some, become something that maybe can help me. Because as a DACA recipient, when I started on Dr. Professional, I was already a DACA recipient. I was already in my profession as a counselor. I was making the highest money that I had ever made. Um, and suddenly, you know, I go through a divorce that I'm so thankful that it happened, that divorce, because it was a very, it was a bad relationship, you know. Um, and again, for chisme purposes, yeah. the chisme is <laughs> that, that man. <laughs> I'm so glad that I found out that this man was not uh, a good father or someone that I wanted to spend my time with. And it's so, at the same time, I'm so glad that that person that was very toxic for me, you know, that I was able to like remove him from my life completely. Like I, it was from one day to the next, literally that mm -hmm. I said, you know, I don't want to be with this person anymore. This person serves no, nothing good in my life. I have given this person so many chances. I have taken therapy with this person. I had so many things to make it work because I do have two kids with him. Mm -hmm. Right. My, my mind was like, I have, I come from a single parent and I know how it is to have a single parent that I, obviously I did not want that for my kids. I want the best for my kids. So as a mom, I decided, you know, this person is not for me. And like immediately, like the second day, it's almost like I decided this and nobody turned me back. Everybody was trying to stop me from this. And I said, no, I know what's good for me. And I know what I want in my life. And this person is not going to be in my life because I'm thinking about me putting my, yeah, myself and my kids first. I don't care about what people yeah. say. I don't care about any of that. Um, I just care about my health and the health of my kids. We deserve, you know, to have a healthy life. And I just, that person was not going to be, that um, was not going to help me do it to do that. And I already had tried many years, so it didn't work. So I decided to, to get a divorce. And that's when my fan, you know, when I was actually making lots of money is when my finances re really went low because mm -hmm. I became a single parent. Yeah. Um, For and, someone, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt oh, no. you, but it's sometimes really hard for people who, you know, are undocumented to leave that someone right because of certain fears um so m what advice would you give people who might be in that situation where they know this person is toxic they, they know this person is not good for their health um okay. for their financial status for their you know just everything that comes with the relationship what advice would you give someone to I guess find that power within themselves to say that's it like like I'm done right and um who do who I guess who do they lean on for that support um of like you know dealing with those fears of like okay what's what comes after this like that I left but that fear right. is still there of the consequences of things that this person might do to me right or might do to those that I love um. yes and thank you so much for bringing that up Maria because 
honestly, I started thinking about, you know, my grandma, she has 10 kids. She had always my, my, my grandfather. I love my, my grandparents. My my grandfather is a typical machista, old fashioned way. Um, and then I was thinking about my mom, you know, that she also was a single mom and she also left a relationship, you know, was my dad. Um, because she was trying to do something better for me. And then I was thinking about my sister. It's just all these people come to your mind. And I'm I'm thankful that I have very like um a lot of women that are leaders in my family that I admire so much that also kind of helped me to see, hey, if they were able to do it, I'm I'm gonna be able to do it because um Actually, I don't know. We have maybe we have a court, uh, una como una, una este, como se dice en la pinche este, <laughs> un curse tenemos como oh, the, the generational curse. <laughs> <laughs> Creo que sí, because all I'm not gonna lie, like the only person that is still with the husband is mi mamá. Like everybody else is like they're single moms. Um, a lot of them have not remarried. Um, so. They're, you know, badass women doing amazing things, raising children. And, you know, I just felt like, oh my God, like they don't, you know, they don't have an education. They don't have a professional job like I do. And they're doing it, you know, yo me voy a dejar. And they always told me, you're not going to be like, uh, like como otras mujeres, tú no te vas a dejar. And that's, that's why I'm glad that you're yes. getting <laughs> You're getting your education for you. They say, because if one day you don't depend on anyone, you're going to continue moving forward and you're going to not need anybody to, to help you and support you. And I, it's just all of that came to my mind. And I'm just very thankful. I'm not, I think within, a, what's eight, eight months to a year after I divorced, I started on Occupy Professionals. Mm-hmm. Um, so that kind of made me realize, wow, like, if what would have happened if I would have stayed in this toxic relationship, I probably would have never started on professionals, and probably wouldn't start in my consulting services, you know, all these other things that I'm doing that yeah, I didn't think I was sorry about that, that I was thinking about before or wasn't really putting that time because I was so focused in that relationship, trying to fix that relationship that I wasn't giving my, my time that I need. Yeah. So yeah. Yes. Um, right now that you mentioned that, you know, that curse, I you brought me back. I one time um in high school, I had to do like a family tree and we had to point out something that we found out about our family, right? And like I ended up saying out loud to like the people in my classroom, like all the men in my family have cheated. And, you know, these people are mentioning like, oh, my dad has been a doctor and, you know, my grandpa and he just like, and I'm over here like, nah, they're all machistas and cheaters. And then I remember someone saying like, oh, what about your dad? And I was like, him too, shit. <laughs> right. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, sacando los trapitos al sol, but it just sucks to hear how the women in our communities have to go through this shit. Right. And it's even passed on to us. And I'm hoping that. It ends with us, right, where we are able to break that cycle and just say, be able to teach, you know, um, the other women in our family, right? Uh, I mean, I don't plan on having children. So, I mean, that's the goal. Jesus, take the wheel. Right? And that, that doesn't happen. But um, 
it's just you know the women in my family that you know I hope that I'm able to teach them and that these things are not okay um so I really appreciate you for sharing that part of of your story um and then the power that you have right like mm-hmm. you just like by taking on and creating undocumented professionals and like doing so much like dang girl you have so much freaking power right um and I don't mean to take us back to um uh, undocumented professionals because I do want it to be all about you but undocumented professionals is also part of you uh, one of the things that you mentioned is how our the community has such a strong voice right and our communities also have so much power but just the the same power that they give us to support us they also can give that same power back to sometimes cancel certain um groups right and we've seen it happen with like within the undocu community where um different platforms are canceled um because we are no longer taking shit from people, right? We're no longer accepting certain things. Are you, how does that play a role when you are posting, when you are sharing um, information? Um, and like, does that come to your mind? Like, you know, is that like a fear of like, if I, you know, say something, do something, um, like, would I say something the wrong way that's um, not meant like that, or that it was inaccurate, but, um, but it's just like semantics, but like the information is right. It's just like the wording. um, It's one thing versus another, and people might take it wrong. Are those some of the thoughts that come to your Mm -hmm. mind? Yeah, I think, yeah, as a, you know, as somebody that creates content and provides the information um, and use professionals as a platform to share that information, I think, you know, it's always gonna, yeah, I'm very, I try to be very careful with what I say um, and how I say it, especially because, of course, social media, it's viewed by everyone, but uh, once it's out, it's out, listen, but but, you know, so far I have not had like a, like a specific issue like that I can think about besides one that maybe has made a lot of people uncomfortable is that, you know, I'm asking um, businesses, organizations, schools to hire, right, undocumented people. And of course, being, this is something that we always have to remember when you, ta- when you're talking about undocumented people, it's always going to be political, no matter what. Mm-hmm. I just, mm-hmm. that's just the way that it is because there's going to be people that are going to come back that is just always going to be come back to, to be in the politics, right? Of, you know, well, you can't really hire someone legally knowing that they're undocumented, but a achievement is you're hiring people. You know that why you're hiring them, you're paying them under the table because you know, you're paying them a lower minimum wage mm-hmm. lower than minimum wage, actually. Mm-hmm. So you are here telling us, that we can come and ask people to hire us, but you are doing it, you know, also, but mm-hmm. only your advantage to basically make us your slaves and pay us like low minimum wage, you know, and to treat us. I've heard so many stories and mm-hmm. just gets me so angry to know how our community is being treated in some of these workplaces. 
So, um, you know, so for me, I'm not, you know, we have to remind ourselves that when we put ourselves this certain information out there, of course, there's going to be always people that may not agree. So far, I want to say that I haven't had really anybody that really has mentioned like a specific institution or individuals that have said anything to me. But I have had like people saying, oh, you shouldn't say um um, maybe instead of using this, you can say this. So there's been suggestions of how to say certain things. Uh, and I and I take them so seriously. I welcome always feedback because I'm also learning in my end. Um, so, you know, I have people tell me, oh, uh, maybe you should say this. Maybe you should edit and say this. And, and I do. I go back and edit. I don't have no shame in like saying, oops, I made a typo. Oops, you know, I made a mistake. I'm always making typos anyways, you know, because I'm a thing <laughs> We're only human. So, <laughs> and so we're in so. <laughs> Yeah, so all to say that, you know, just, you know, obviously do your research before you post anything. And I'm always trying to do that. You know, I'm always trying to show my resources or my sources of where I'm getting my info and then sharing it. But um, again, like so far, I haven't had any anything, but I do have a cheesemate to share, which I don't know if I have something to do with it. Maybe do you guys it, do it, do it. <laughs> Maybe you guys can help me. So there's been like a few positions that I applied to for the um, mm -hmm. uh, documented community, you know, to serve directly the undocumented community. And I don't know about you guys, but honestly, you know, obviously I've been around with undocumented professionals for now two years mm -hmm. and pretty much directed everything that we have for the undocumented community. So obviously I put that on my resume when I'm applying to these jobs and I've gotten invited to interviews and have become like the finalist of the and supposedly the finalist of all these interviews. And I've gotten the interview. I went through the interview process and I don't get the jobs. So I'm like, okay, first of all, <laughs> I'm actually very good with interviews. I have to say when I, when I know I need to, um, so it went up porque the reason why I say that is because when I was, um, I obviously have been in a lot of interviews because I'm an adjunct counselor. And as an adjunct counselor, you constantly have to be like looking for jobs, applying. And out of like, usually out of four interviews, I get invited to at least two offers out of the four interviews that I get invited. If not, sometimes three offers out of the four interviews that I get. So the fact that I got four interviews so far and got none for the undocumented community directly, I'm like, right. and then I see who they hired, which they're right. great. <laughs> I have nothing against, you know, the competition. Yeah. I, I love like, I don't, I don't mind, you know, the competition, but it's just the fact is like, what is going on? Maybe undocumented professionals is not going to help me then. Maybe this is where this came up with your question saying, has that been something that you, maybe because uh, of the way that I mentioned certain things, right? In undocumented professional, maybe my wording. I was going to say that. I think it's because um, institutions sometimes don't like to hire people that are political or that seem too political or that are willing to voice 
their opinion so much. So like for me, it's like I try to keep all my social media privates, right? But for you, this is your job. Um, but for me, it's like keeping them private, making sure that no one can see anything and like, you know, showing up to the interview. And it's like, yeah, I'm being my authentic self. But if I'm being honest in those interviews, I'm not all the time a hundred percent myself, right? It's until they hire me that I'm like, boom, right? And like, even now, like, um, I had someone like recently tell me, oh, you are, you know, a classified employee. And um, like, maybe you're a little afraid to like, speak up. And I'm like, sitting back, like, you don't know me, <laughs> fire me. Like, if I ever speak up, what's gonna happen, you're gonna fire me? Bye. Like, peace out, right? Because I'm gonna, like, I've learned that it's like, you kind of have to play a little bit by the book. But then when you show up, it's like, here's who you really hire. Um, but like I said, for you, it's like your platform is out in the open. And institutions are not freaking ready for this. They're not. I, I agree. But I think something up, something else popped in my mind. I may be wrong. I don't know. I'm not a part of hiring committees. But if you go to three, four in rounds of interviews, and that's just me, I think they just want free labor. I think they just want to know, Sharet, how did you do this? Uh, that is also another thing. Our students, um, how does independent contracting work? How did you go about this and that because I'm asking I'm guessing that a lot of these questions are about how you will do this or how mm -hmm. you have done this how what have you accomplished and blah 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 so obviously if they see undocumented professionals on your resume or whatever social media or, or anything that you put in there they're gonna look at it they invited you for a reason because they looked at it and they're like hmm, I like what that person is doing so I think, I don't know if on the key professionals is the thing that is um, kind of like you being pro, uh, political and not wanting you because of that. I, I That's what came to my mind. Um, I don't know what it is, uh, but I'm like a lot of institutions, that's what they want. They want free labor. They want mm -hmm. to know how uh, people are doing shit done. And then they hire someone that they already wanted to hire because that's how things mm -hmm. work in a lot of institutions. They already have their candidates. They already know who they want. But they're opening it, it up to the public because of how the process needs to be. So now they're like, oh, we want this person. But let me interview these people so that I can gather this information and give it to the mm -hmm. person that's going to be in charge. That is, those are my views. Um, I don't know how that works. If you're a part of the hiring committee, let it, committees, let us know. Um, <laughs> Sometimes no, they don't even listen to the hiring committee. Sometimes it's been proven, it's been shown yeah. that sometimes they don't even listen to the hiring committee. They have a committee because that's protocol, yes. but then the administrators already know who they're going to bring bringing in, right? Since interview one, they're like, I can mold this person to do them to do what, what I want. want them to do. For most of um, on the key professionals' life, you have been on the key professional. You have been the only person. You're like, you have been that 
And I know that you've been um, working with other undocumented folks. You've been uh, providing compensation for them um, throughout the years. You have you've had like different, um, I guess, staff members or part of the team, uh, part of the undocumented professionals team. I know that you currently have a, a, a team, um, but for the most part, it has been you. Um, I know, I know, I completely understand it's been a collective effort. Um, but a lot of the workload, a lot of the pressure, you know, putting things together has been on you. Um, and I just wanted to highlight that uh, for those of you listening. Um, I know that a lot of the times you want more from undocumented spaces or spaces created by undocumented folks. Uh, but just keep in mind that there's a lot of things going on in the background uh, that you're not aware of. Uh, you may seem you may see ten people as a part of the team, but you don't know if those people are actually um, working five hours a week. You know, uh, they're not full time. Um, they're they're not on board full time most of the time. Um, so just be mindful of that. <laughs> I don't know if there are any words that you would like to say, Shred, about that, about how true or maybe not true that is. Yes, no, it's so true. It, we, you know, we always have to keep it real and keep being honest and say, you know, honestly, I'm, I'm like the only person doing all of this. But there's also a reason for that, you know, because I highly believe, and this is also part of the Undocu Professionals Network mission and impact that we're really trying to make is that I believe that if I bring someone over, you know, I also have to be the, the example of that, that we want to pay everyone that comes into the right. team. Right. And that's very difficult for me. I've had so many people that have volunteered already not be paid and I feel extremely awful and I try not to um, use a lot of volunteers or if I do, uh, it's for very, very few hours uh, that I need them. But I've, had, I've been very fortunate to get to have the support of many that have said I would like to volunteer. But honestly, it's been hard for me to bring them on board and not being able to compensate them and that's something that I truly believe in but that's the reason also why I have done it all pretty much by myself too and I've been leading all of this because it's because I don't want to um, make people work for free or, or, or tell them oh yeah you're gonna get paid like in six months seven months you know or whenever I get funding who which I don't have a specific date and I don't want people to to feel like that or to be like I don't know. It's just, it doesn't, that doesn't go with my, the way that I want to work with anybody. Uh, so now that's why that's another reason, but yes, most of the time it has been um, me, you know, doing everything. Like you said, we're the, you know, social media people. We're the ones, uh, we're the coordinators with the, we're everything. We're everything. When you're a entrepreneur starting something, especially uh, for underserved communities, like the undocumented communities, it's, you know, it's always going to be one person kind of starting it all. And I'm thankful that right now I have the time and the energy and, you know, pretty much everything to do it, you know, um, because I have a very flexible schedule. Mm -hmm. And that's another thing that I have to already start thinking about where is undocumented professions going to go next? What's next for us? And I definitely uh, am thinking of leveling up and expanding mm -hmm. undocumented professionals. Yeah. 
it's definitely going to happen and it's continued to happen. Um, but uh, I do want to be honest that I also have to think about myself, right? I'm thinking about the future and putting myself first because I definitely want to finish my doctoral program. Mm -hmm. um, that's something that's my goal for this year. And money has been the, the issue, the problem. Um, mm -hmm. I do get, you know, consultations and things like that with undocumented professionals, but it's not a steady income like we all know being a consultant. I do have a steady income as a counselor. So I'm a counselor at um, higher ed institutions, but I love the flexibility and I don't want to get more hours. Like I'm trying to stay at 20 hours for my my um, my counseling hours. Mm -hmm. And then the rest is consultation. Um, the other may, maybe that has helped me so far to be a little bit more flexible is that I've made money moves. Like I am a homeowner. I became a homeowner like seven, almost eight years ago um, when I became a DACA recipient. I was, um, um, I, at the when like I said, when I started on DACA professionals, I was in a very, um, I became a head of household. Uh, mm -hmm. I unfortunately do not get the support of the dad of my kids because he's also he's also undocumented and because he's undocumented I don't get like right. what is it um what is it that you get the, the child support child support yes thank you mm -hmm. child support and I was told that though I could get I could at least still file for child support without mm -hmm. getting the money because mm -hmm. he doesn't have a social security number yeah. but at least it would be something and file so whenever he does get his social security number he will be able to pay me back basically hopefully he gets his papers <laughs> but, but then this is the other thing another thing about childhood about this divorce and all this is that also they told me hey if you do if you do file for child care he, i mean child care for child uh, what is it again child yeah. support child <laughs> For child support, you're also going to be like, not, he, this is going to stay on his record and he might not be able to ever like have papers because of this. And that has stuck with me. And I'm like, do I really want to do this to this person? But again, you know, I have not, I'm going to be completely honest. I have, I've done all of it. I just need to actually put the, the documents into um, everything done. I just have yeah. to basically submit the documents. And that has stopped me because... I was told that he was not going to have a chance to to get his papers. And I'm like, now I'm at this point that I'm like, you know, I gave him a lot of chances to to fix this. And I think I'm just going to have to um, I have to uh, complete the application and submit the application, submit the application. I already completed the application. But that's uh, another cheese for another day. I'll let you know how that goes. Definitely <laughs> a really hard situation to be in because we don't like, we don't want to hurt others. We want to see other people succeed. We want undocu folks to have um, to succeed in, in whatever way they want, including having papers. And at the same time, it's like you. We also need to look up for ourselves. We need to look for our children. Uh, for our families, for, you know, so many things. So I'm hoping that works out. Um, and, you know, that one, um, it's your decision. If some if someday you want to come back and let us know, like, fuck that shit, I did do it. And I, my kids comfort. Or if you want to say, no, I couldn't. And you know what? 
you know, I that was my decision. I want to keep moving forward with my kids and myself without doing that. You know, whatever you choose. I we're wishing you the best. And as we're wrapping up, um, I guess I want to ask you, what advice would you give to those undocu folks that want to create a business um, but are hesitant? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I said, like I did start it like with a negative account because <laughs> I was going through the divorce. I didn't have um, any money, but I had the idea, the business idea. And I had no idea how I actually was going to make money, but at least I wanted to start something. So um, thanks to my doctoral program that kind of gave me the tools um, that I needed to, to start the platform. And I mean it because that was uh, the undocu professionals is kind of part of my dissertation. Um, and that's how I was seeing it at the time. So I felt like, oh, it's an investment because this is uh, my meditation. Plus, this is something that I've always wanted to do to give back to La Comunidad. So so I would say, you know, whatever your passion is, if it's you know that you can commit to it, even if you don't make money right away, even if you don't um, look at it as a a long term investment. right? Like, yes, you're going to put hours and time, your creativity, your passion into this. Um, and if it doesn't give you money right away, you know, you know, it shouldn't, you know, most of the time it doesn't in any business, you don't get money right away. It usually takes at least a year, you know, don't expect like to have money right away. And if you do, that's better. Right. But Uh majority, yeah, majority of the time of businesses, they, they say they fail within the first one or two years so even if you fail you know try again even if it's taking you longer try again but honestly just be prepared that you're not going to be making money the first year but you should already start be making money like immediately like the second year of your business that's how you know that you can start already like charging and um and i'm talking more about consulting uh Mm -hmm. coaching services Mm -hmm. if it's like merchandise or things like that that I'm pretty sure that gives money much, much sooner. Um, but I'm talking about consulting or um, an LLC, for example, uh, or even a nonprofit. Like, you know, just know that it takes a little bit of time. But once once you're there, then that hopefully you're basically creating like the, the foundation of your business the first year. And that's why you might not see results right away. Hopefully that helps and that helps someone out there. I really am always open to talk about more about, you know, a business plan, business ideas, business strategies, things like that. Because now that I started on DocuProfessional, now I even want to start like two other businesses. Because once you do it once, it's like, okay, now I have, I want to do this. Now I know how to do it. Right. So I'm definitely going to be starting like something in my end, like in my, um, uh, not with the undocumented community um, as a side business as well that I'm already developing now to to do so yeah yeah so we're already talking about season two we're gonna have to invite you again <laughs> so you can give us an update and all of the things that are happening in I know day. too much cheese man I'm telling you <laughs> we're gonna have to do a, a 2.0 with <laughs> with Charlotte and hear more about the new businesses we're manifesting it for you um, and um, you know and hear more about 
the other achievements that we talked about, like yes. the paperwork, was it submitted or not? Tun 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 suspense right there. Um, but before we Best close, <laughs> I, I do um I you know, as I do want to be mindful of your time. So I do want to ask, what is something that makes you happy? Oh, like a lot of things. I'm very easy to be to get happy, honestly. So if in your own, like almost like cry right away about everything, like even watching a movie, pero pero también, oh my god, I can laugh and it, a lot so for about everything anything but oh see I laugh well what makes me happy I mean there's so many things but uh, I think one of the things that really make me happy is uh, having a little bit right now more freedom to be more with my kids you know I'm thankful that because of my education you know I'm able to work from home a lot of my consulting stuff that I do is from home and then my kids you know with every all this craziness going on with COVID I'm thankful that if they don't go to school because somebody at their school got COVID and they got exposed and now everybody has to quarantine that I can be home and work and be like watching them and that they don't necessarily need a tutor that I can help them. All those basic things that my mom couldn't do with me. I'm just very thankful. Those are the things that make me happy that I have that flexibility and a little bit more upward mobility that has given me more I want to say like, um, like privilege, right. To do all these different things. Um, so that makes me happy to, to be able to, to have a choice of more flexibility to be with my kids. If I want to spend more time with them. Yes. And I do have one, one last question for you, Sharon. And that is if you had, if you were granted one wish, what would that wish be? And you can yeah. ask for more. For more weeks. Yeah, for the more. Oh my God, that's a hard. <laughs> that is hard. <laughs> can we have like a hundred wishes? <laughs> no, I honestly, that's a hard one for me. I think honestly, at the end, really, I think we share so many, so many things in common. You know, I just got a message <laughs> from someone that you know keep the, from people that keep calling us you know illegals and things like that we hear that every day almost yeah. in, in social media and yesterday I'm somebody commented on on my comment that I made for the new driver license that got approved at, in Massachusetts and I share a comment I'm like oh this is great news thank you this is um I'm gonna share this and somebody saw my message you know, and said, oh, you illegal aliens, whatever, you know, it's like something very, 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 very bad and said something like, you guys are making this, uh, because of you, you're my, um, now the DMV is going to be backlog and I, all this nonsense that did not even make sense to me. And you know what, at the end, I'm learning that you can't hate people for not knowing or for being for treating other people different or dehumanizing us I'm learning that honestly at the end of the day that person also needs freedom just like I do so at the end of the day I told them you know what first of all that you know I explained myself why I thought he was wrong you know um, that no because of undocumented immigrants you are not you're you don't have to worry about your DMB privileges. It's not our fault, you know, if DMBs, if anything, we're giving money to the DMB because guess what? We're gonna file our ID. It's not like it's free. 
So yes, <laughs> and the DMV is already backlogged. I mean, if not, movies wouldn't be making fun of it. Even children movies. So yes. just putting and it I, out there. I, I'm like, I'm learning to share my more love, and at the end of the day, the same person that just called me an illegal is deserves freedom and deserves love, just like I do. And at the end of the day, I, I feel like that's the way that I'm going to come back with these people, just giving them more love and reminding them that they need freedom, just like I do. Because at the end, they're still in the same system that I am in. Um, they have more privilege than we do. But, um, you know, they obviously, because they blame other people for <laughs> nonsense things, um, then, you know, that lets me know that this person obviously has a lot uh, to, of work to do as well with, them, mm-hmm. with themselves. So you, free you're so sure. I would be like, no, nah, bitch, uh-uh. uh, I ain't going to give you love. I'm going to give my love to my people. I'm going to give the love to those that deserve it. I can give education. I can give resources. I can give information. Um, but that's, you know, it's, it's great that you're able to see it that way. Uh, because at the end of the day, it's more about us and conserving that energy, preserving that uh, love, um, towards ourselves and being in, in in a good position with ourselves. Exactly. <laughs> to close you off, Shannon, and thank you for your time. I'm going to give you a few this or that. Uh, you only get to choose one. No no cheating, okay? <laughs> no, it depends. No, both no, or it depends. Or both, <laughs> only one, all right? So here we go. Coffee or tea? Coffee, for sure. Do you believe in love at first sight? Uh, yeah, I do. Watch too many <laughs> movies. Yeah. <laughs> do you believe in aliens? Uh, yes, definitely. <laughs> pineapple goes on pizza. Uh, which one? Pineapple or what? Pineapple goes on pizza. Yes or no? <laughs> I don't know about that one. No. Okay. <laughs> it's better to prioritize relationships over career. Yes. Okay. Really. White concha is better than brown concha. Brown concha is better than white concha? Yes. Which one would you choose? I like vanilla more. I just like vanilla. Okay. <laughs> white concha. Novelas or chisme? Oh, I'm done with novelas a lot. Like in the last <laughs> that was Ruby. So no, I'm done. But now Netflix series. These people are getting serious with this Netflix. <laughs> so it's- no, no novelas, chisme, puro chisme. The beach or the mountains? Ah, uh, mountains. Rose or flower? Sunflower, sorry. Oh, sunflowers. I love sunflowers. Sci-fi or romance? Romance. Okay, <laughs> eating out or frijoles en la casa? Uh, can it be both? <laughs> I'm not going to lie, I eat out too much. I need to stop eating out too much. But yeah, frijoles en la casa. I love my frijolitos that I make. <laughs> thank you thank you so much Shadow, for your time and for your energy and for sharing um this space with us uh, we truly appreciate you is there any last words you would like to share with our audience no i think i'm already thinking about episode two or you know, <laughs> season two episode two <laughs> thank you <laughs> we really oh, look forward God. to that as well but thank you so much again and um where can people find you before we? Oh, yes, they can find me. Um, 
via Instagram, uh, Facebook. We do have a private Facebook because uh, we want to make sure that people can also post information or post anything that they want to share with the community. So that is available for everyone. Everyone is welcome to share anything they, they, they want with the community there. Uh, email and docuprofessionals at hotmail.com uh, and then on our website. Thank you. Thank you. And we will link it all on our um on our bio and um you know episode description in instagram so thank you thank you so much again um thank you all so much for tuning in to another episode of andaku chisme we were um, really excited to have had this conversation with sharet i hope that all of you enjoyed um listening to a little bit of um you know Sharet's chisme um her story and the different things that she had to share with us today uh once again I want to remind folks to please show us some love by liking us subscribing uh leaving us a comment on Apple podcast on Instagram um you know stay connected with us use the link on our bio that is on our Instagram and you know for you to engage with us we are we are more than happy to answer any questions that you might have. And Myra, I know that a lot of times we ask, you know, our guests, if they were given the chance to make one wish come true, what would it be? So I'm going to ask you this question. Shut up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was not expecting to get any, any questions. And this is a very difficult one. Um, I don't know, to be honest, I don't even know how people were able to answer this question on the spot. <sighs> I had another thing that comes to my mind is just the not having borders. Um, I think that's what comes to my mind. Um, without borders, we wouldn't need papers to be able to migrate, to be able to see our loved ones, to be able to accomplish so many things that we want to accomplish as undocumented folks. Um, at the same time, I know that that doesn't solve everything. Um, I know if we were in a, con in a contest, you'd probably say I want world peace. Um, and as I thought that, that came to my mind, you know what, I wish that there was more peace in the world, especially with all the wars that are happening right now in Yemen in Ukraine, um, you know, in different um, countries in Africa and the Middle East. Um, I think about that. And the first thing that comes to my mind is, is that possible? And the same thing with not having borders, is that possible? If it is possible, that's not gonna solve the discrimination that a lot of our people face because of their color of the skin, because of their sexuality, because of their gender, because of a lot of different reasons that happened within our own countries. So I don't know, <laughs> that's a difficult one. And I'm sorry that I put you, that we put you in this situation when we ask this question. Um, that is definitely a tough one. Oh, but as I'm thinking into this identity of being undocumented, I've had this identity for over 20 years. 
Um, it's a big part of my life, and I think that's I think of that often, um, especially when we lose our loved ones and we're not able to say our last goodbyes. Goodbyes. Um, it's just something that I think of often. That grief that we often experience. Um, yeah, hopefully. <laughs> and and here's the thing about wishes. We always put limits to that. I don't know why. I don't know why. It's a wish. It's a wish. We don't have to put limits to that. We don't have to say, put, to put a rationale as to this could become true or this could not come true. Um, and I think that's a limitation that I need to work on within myself. If I'm going to daydream, to let myself go wild. It's my <laughs> dream. It's my daydream. It's my my time to just let my mind go wild. And I don't let myself do that very often. I'm always thinking of what could go wrong, what could potentially happen, what is the natural possibility, what isn't. Um, so yeah, we're, long, we're always very um, short that. <laughs> I think we're always so conditioned to think that way of like the consequences and the if I do this this might happen and like always have like being on your toes right of thinking of a plan b thinking about a solution just because of the role our status plays in our daily lives but thank you for answering I think it's <laughs> um it's really nice for you know our guests to also see us answering these questions as well as our listeners. Well, well, but what about you? You have not answered that question. Oh, goddamn. <laughs> <laughs> um, what would it be? <laughs> and you have to I, answer it. For me, I, I would say like, I kind of want to say, but I'm also kind of limiting myself, right? Of like <laughs> abolishing ICE and like Border Patrol and like um, TSA and like, all these things but I'm also thinking like oh what if that like I mean I know that it can be done but like how soon right so then my mind goes to like okay how about we just give papers to everybody <laughs> yeah yeah, it, yeah the mind goes to somewhere else and it's like okay so we don't have ice anymore we don't have TSA anymore we don't have these things that cause our community so much harm mm -hmm. and then it's like well <laughs> our communities you know are harmed in other ways like you know so much abuse uh from different aspects of our lives and it's like hmm. so now what do we do about that <laughs> yeah. with, with, i think for me it's also thinking of like where the u.s is right now and like they won't abolish the systems right as mm -hmm. much as we these systems didn't exist mm -hmm. for a long time and still they yeah. won't like abolish them so for me it's like okay let's let's make my wish a little bit more simple quote unquote um and just give everybody papers like <laughs> i'll marry everybody that is true that's that's actually fucking biden i'm not even gonna go there but 
I'm not, yeah. Uh, you know what? Don't even get me started because we're at the end of it. <laughs> of today's, of today's um, session, meeting, podcast, um, audio. I don't even know how to call it. I'm just thinking about this guy and I get all fired up and I can't even think straight because we all know what he promised. We all know that people were hopeful because they didn't think that Biden was like Trump, but Biden is pretty much a watered down version mm-hmm. of Trump. Um, I, and it is what it is. I and, was very outspoken since like the beginning and oh, yes. really quick before we close, right? But I mm-hmm. said, like, I remember telling people, don't forget that Biden was part of Obama's administration and yes. they together mm-hmm. like deported so many people right and what makes you think that him coming in to administration again that wasn't going to continue to happen right or that all of a sudden he changed and like you know he wants to be this white savior and it's like dude sit down like you you're trash you're it is let's call it what it is Right. You're just like any other politician that is going to uh, talk about like to use oh, our this. people yes. for your vote, for, for their your benefit so that you can mm-hmm. benefit from it. So you can accomplish your goals so yep. you can make promises in order to ultimately just care about your own agenda. Yep. Exactly. A hundred percent. But with that, um, if there is any other questions that we ask our guests that you would like for us to uh, answer, please let us know. DM us. Um, again, use our Google form um, and we will be more than happy to answer. But with that, Myra? We're going to end with the quote of the day. And it is, never lose hope. Storms make people stronger and they never last forever. Uh, this is a quote by Roy Bennett. And this is Sandaki Chisme.